So corporate victory comes after a personal victory. He was marked by God, a man of valor, though inwardly he felt the exact opposite, church. Most of you know that I, I'm talking about Gideon. He trusted God's heart over him and not his own feelings. And you would be wise to do the very same thing, that you would trust in God's heart over you and not your own feelings. Yes, and Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. This is what he told him. Turn your Bibles to Judges 6, and in verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. God called him a mighty man of valor before he did anything, before he even felt like he even could do anything but God called him who he was who he was going to become not who he felt like he was currently and he does the same unto us do you believe this he does the same for us exactly he does now I want you to quickly just keep your finger in Judges 6 because we are going to go back there but you can turn to Psalm 33 go to Psalm 33 and in verse 16 this is important that we really understand this because there, there are so many things that come against us, but we need to know that our God, with our God, we already make the majority. So verse 16 says, no king is saved by the multitude of an army. No, no king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. It's not your strength. It is, it's not how big is your army, right? A horse is a vain hope for safety, although a horse is a strong animal. Yet, in the kingdom, it is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. You want to see victory? You want to see mighty men and women rise up all around the fear of the Lord? That's literally your strength. It says, behold, the eyes of the Lord, the, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy, on those who hope in his mercy, those who del to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. God will keep you alive in famine. He is not, he is not withholding his, his goodness towards you. He will keep you alive in famine. Now, Let's go back to Judges chapter 6. Because before God used this mighty man, of which he called a mighty man, before God used this mighty man to defeat the Midianites, right, with his 300 men, Gideon had to have some personal victories before he could walk in a corporate victory. So before he could use him on a corporate scale, he had to first teach him Personally, you need to stand through it all, decreeing my name and claim those victories and see them. Say amen. amen. That's, me. That's me. I'm grabbing hold of what rightfully belongs to me. Amen. My personal victories, right? Hallelujah. So before God used him, he had to have those personal victories, which then led him into a place of a victory. What was that personal victory that Gideon needed to do? 
Well, Gideon, you're going to tear down your father's altar is what you're going to do. Gideon, you're going to tear down your father's altar of, of Baal, and you're going to cut down the wooden images that, that are besides it. Let's look at verse 25 of Judges 6. Verse 25 and 26. It says, now it came to pass the same night that the, young, that the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull and the second and, and the second bull of seven years old and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has built, that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it. Your father erected this, this altar of Baal, but you're going to chop it down. You're going to be the man of God that literally does things God's way. But not only are you going to chop it down, look at verse 26. When you chop that altar down, you are going to build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock. You're going to build an altar as a memorial to the living God. Let every false idolatry, every idolatrous spirit that has been raised up in your family be cut down right now in the name of Jesus. You are the men and the women that God has chosen for the job. You are the forerunners. You're here today. You're listening today. You are the people that God says, I'm going to use you to literally destroy those altars of Baal. You're chopping them down. You're destroying those assignments of rebellion and unbelief. You're taking authority over every place of witchcraft, of sickness and of, of, of disease and of lack in your family's lineage. You are the ones in the name of Jesus. You may not feel it. You may not think you're qualified, but I'm telling you, you you are because as God spoke to this man to Gideon and he said what are you doing why are you threshing wheat in the wine press and Gideon was afraid because he knew the altars of Baal he knew this would mean death had he stepped out and changed the norm what was now norm in their lives Israelites were in, in disobedience, in rebellion. But God raised up this man that felt small and felt insignificant and felt like he wasn't the person for the job. But he had a yes in his spirit. And he was willing to do what God told him to do, even though it seemed bigger than him. Hallelujah. Look at verse 23. Then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. When you have that instruction from the Lord, and he says, peace be with you, you're not going to die. That doesn't mean that no fear will be present. Actually, quite the opposite. Expect fear. That's why he said, peace be with you, because he knew he was going to have to remember these words. So the moment that the, the Lord says, peace be with you, and then everything comes against you, you know you're on the right track. You know that you've been given the prince of peace. You have been given the shalom peace of God, Yahweh, shalom. He is your God. He is your prince of peace. And then, therefore, you're going to stand with what God said and not what's right in front of your face and what's threatening you, right? Amen. So the Lord is peace. That's what he said to him. 
And then he told him to go and, and do what I already read to you about tearing down your father's altar. Now, Gideon went and destroyed this altar at night because he feared his father's household. And, and some would say, oh, but he went at night. He was a coward. You know what? He went. He went. Maybe there was a reason to be afraid. There was. It could have cost him his life. He was not just going against uh, what his father had built and erected. He was going against what all of them there, all the men of the city, all the men of that town, he was going against a whole culture, not just one man. He was really going against the spirits and the powers and principalities that were keeping him from really wanting to go forward. But he said, oh, no, I will go. I'll go at night and I'll go afraid, but I will go. That's what God is asking of you as well. You know that, right? Let's turn to 28 because in the morning, so Gideon went at night and in the morning when it was identified that Gideon and a few men did this, they wanted to kill him. They're like, who did this? Let's, let's read this in verse 28 here. It says, and when the men of the city arose early in the morning, there, there was the altar of Baal torn down and the wooden image that was beside it, it was cut down. And the second bull was there being offered on the altar, which had been built. So they said to one another, who has done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon. This is Gideon, son of Joash. He has done this thing. And then the men of the city said to Joash, they tell his father, the one that erected this idol in the first place, bring your son out that he may die because he has torn down the altar of Baal and he has cut down the wooden uh, image that was besides it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, he said to all, would you plead for Baal? In other words, he said, are you going to try to save Baal? If Baal is really a God, then let him save himself. Does God need your help? No. Does Baal need your help? No. So he's saying this, if he's truly a God, could take care of this all by himself. He doesn't need me to destroy my son. You see the mixture and the compromise there? He's the one that erected it in the first place. But yet now he's saying, who, who is Baal? Like, can he help himself? Mixture. And that's exactly what it is so much of the time in families and culture. It's mixture. A little bit of this is not too bad, is it? Yes, it is. Bad is bad. And good is good. Amen. And learn the fear of the Lord and walk in it. Mixture. That's what we're seeing here, aren't we? We're seeing mixture. Are we all following right now? Yeah. So your obedience to God is always going to stir up warfare against you. Gideon was obedient. He was obedient to God. And so it's always going to stir up warfare against you. When you're obedient, when you take that step of faith and say, Lord, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to be obedient even though it's difficult, it's hard, there's fear, whatever it may be, but I'm going to take that step of obedience. Yes, the warfare kicks up, but the faithfulness of God does as well. God will never leave you because whatever he initiates, he fulfills. Has God initiated something in your life? And you go, you know what? God has initiated this in my life. And I know that though it may look bad right now, he's going to fulfill it. Because whatever he's initiated in your life will be fulfilled by God if you just don't stop. Some of you just need to keep on keeping on. Some of you just need to keep on decreeing the promises of God, the faithfulness of God. Amen? Amen. 
So what he initiates, he fulfills. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And some of you just need to remind yourself of that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He strengthens me daily. He strengthens me moment by moment, but he strengthens me. And if he's called me to stand and take a firm stand against something, then I will do so. And if he has called me to do something else, I will do the will of the Lord no matter what. Amen. And I'm going to be confident because the Bible says in Philippians 1.6, being confident, not wishy-washy, not, not just flopping all over the place, right? Be confident in this one thing, in this very thing, in this specific thing. Be confident that he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And he's begun a good work in all of you. Amen? He has begun a good work in you. Now, I, I want you to look at verse, let's go down to verse 34. Because it says in verse 34, now you, you got the storyline. Gideon already went at night and he did what he needed to do. He went at night and he obeyed God. The morning comes and everyone's, who did this? Who did this? They identify it's Gideon. They talk to his dad. Oh my gosh, we're going to kill him. Kill your son. He's like, no, Bill can save himself, can he, if he's really God? But look at what happened. You, you can just imagine, Gideon's, you know, word gets to him. He knows what's going on. He already knew this was going to happen. But look at verse 34. But the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and then he blew the trumpet. Wow, the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. That's what saved him. That's what rescued him. The spirit of the Lord comes upon you when you walk in obedient faith. And because the spirit of the Lord comes upon you when you walk in obedient faith, those personal victories will be fought and they will be won because God wants to use you in a broader sense, not just your personal victories, but you must first press in and gain the victories personally before God can trust you on a corporate level. Are you hearing me? Some of you are wondering why God isn't using you in a greater way. Well, make sure you go back to Bethel. Make sure you go back to what God first told you and fulfill your assignments. Fulfill your assignments. Don't wait for someone else to do it. Because what you gain, what you learn, how you're transformed in the midst of those personal assignments will literally dictate what God can trust you with on a larger scale. Are we all listening? Yes. Gideon didn't start off with having this massive army where God then reduced it to 300. That's not where he started. He didn't start with this whole uh, army that, that God says, I want you to go and choose your 300 men. It's the one that are going to sit up and bring the water up to their mouths instead of bending over and lapping it like a dog. He says, no, I want you to choose. And then when those 300... Then he went, and they destroyed the Midianites, not because they had these great, all these swords and, and weapons, but they had what God gave them. They had a torch in one hand, didn't they? They had a trumpet in another, and they had a broken pitcher. You tell me, is that the way to go into war? When your enemy has swords and shields and, like, real weapons? 
what happened in this man's life that he would be able to go into a war with only 300 men and face a massive army without even a sword? The spirit of the Lord came upon him, but he was obedient to do the smaller things first. They didn't seem small. When he heard that assignment, go at, and I want you to go and chop down that altar of Baal, that didn't seem small to him. He knew, oh my gosh, you basically you want me to stir up a hornet's nest. You literally want me to stir up a hornet's nest. And you know when you stir up a hornet's nest, what happens to you. He knew the attacks. He knew what was going to come against him. But he was obedient. And what he feared the most didn't come about. Amen. See, that's the thing. What you fear the most is not going to come about anyway. If God's initiated it in your life, God will fulfill it in your life. Amen. you got to remember that. Amen. Because that's the key. Amen? Amen? So we know that the, Gideon was successful. God was pleased with him. You know, Gideon only took a few men. When he went at night to go destroy those, the altar of Baal, he only took a, a handful of men. It says a few. I want to tell you guys something right now that this is just sound practical advice. You know, Gideon could have sounded the alarm and he could have told, remember he had, a, you know, he had a lot more people he could choose from. God had to reduce his army to 300. There were a lot of people he could have went and told his strategy to. He could have said, hey, listen, you know, I'm going to go ahead and destroy this altar of Baal because God told me to do it. But I want to tell you all of the plan. Why don't you all come with me and do this? He could have let the strategy be spoken out loud. Now, whether he knew or whether it was just the Spirit of the Lord leading him, he didn't do what so many people do. So many people are standing in prayer for something very serious, and they feel the need to tell everybody and their brother what the prayer strategy is, what they need prayer for, to the point to where they'll even write it on some public platform that nobody even knows you, nor do they really care. Amen. And they're so deceived. But in reality, what's happening is you are exposing the plan that God gave you so that the enemy can find a counterattack. The counterattack of the enemy is because you opened your mouth prematurely. So Gideon didn't go, and, but he didn't keep it all to himself, he did share it with a few men that he could trust. So the wisdom is, is that when you are dealing with a difficult assignment, it's something really hard, you've been praying, you've been standing, it's critical. You don't go telling it to everybody. You tell whom God has told you to tell. And you stay in a place of prayer. Because then you will have the victory because the enemy is blinded to what's happening because you're not speaking of it publicly. Are we all following? So this is just a practical, practical tool. The Lord shared this with me years ago when I was standing and praying for someone. And I did not go and tell everyone Mum was the word. I kept my mouth silent. I didn't go and share it because I knew in my spirit, just out of matter, just because of discernment. I knew in my spirit, mm -mm, not going to be passing out of my lips, not going to go through my lips, I'm not saying it, because I am not going to allow a casualty of war simply because 
I'm being ignorant in an area, God says, I want you to walk in wisdom. So that's just a practical. That's just practical. Like something that you, if you don't already know, then you do know. You, you know it now. It's just a practical thing. This is not to instill fear. It's to instill wisdom. It's so that you walk in wisdom. There are some things that you don't need to go and share, even though they're very difficult. You don't, you just stand and you trust God and you keep on smiling. You keep on praising God through it all. And yeah, you have your few people that they may know about it and you pray with them. But remember, remember you and God make the majority. Remember you and God, okay? You guys are the majority. So there's wisdom in this, isn't there? So Gideon was a man of valor, not because he felt like this, but because he knew God spoke it, I'm going to adhere to the words of God. And so right now, Father, I pray for all of them. And I thank you, Lord, that this is what you've called them as well to be, men and women of valor. And the spirit of the living God will come and rest upon them and fill them up and heal them and strengthen them and give them the wisdom that they need every day. But they are rising up in strength today. They're not going to falter. They're not going to go the opposite way. They're being secured right now in the name of Jesus. When you overcame that spirit of timidity, when you overcame that spirit of depression, when you overcame that spirit of, of that negative spirit or, or a critical spirit, whatever it may have been for you, when you overcame those assignments and those spirits that were plaguing you, and for some of you, they were generational, they've been in your family's lineage, it's all you've ever really known, but when you overcame because you took the word of God and you said, it's not what the word says, so I'm not partnering with that anymore, you gained your personal freedom in that area. God equipped you, he strengthened you, you did it his way, and then you became victorious in that area. And in that area, God wants to use you not to go set other people free. In the areas that you've already received your personal victories, you are to realize it wasn't just for you. It is for you now to go and to help someone you see stuck in the very same thing that you used to be. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, the word Gideon, it means to cut, and it means to destroy. Isn't that incredible? To cut and to destroy. I did an, the, the etymology on the word, which is just to take it down to its root and get to the original meaning. To cut and to destroy. This is exactly what this man of God was called to do. Cut down the altar of Baal and destroy it. Destroy the Midianite army that's coming against you, which was his second battle that God used. But a name, how important, how powerful is the name? Wow. So Gideon, over, he overcame fear. He overcame the timidity, right? And God cloaked him. He literally cloaked him with a demon-slaying strength. Demon slaying strength. He cloaked him. How many of you say, Lord, cloak me with the demon slaying strength? Cloak me, Lord God. Thank you, Father. He possessed him with a consuming anointing which releases miracles every day. Amen. He did this for Gideon. He's doing this for you. Consuming you because he's already cloaked you. Now he's consuming you with the ability to stand in miraculous ability, which comes from the Lord every single day. You're equipped. 
You guys are equipped. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so the prayers that you pray, the prayers of the saints, that's you all. You are the saints. The prayers that you pray literally are going right to the throne. He hears your cry. He hears your prayer. And don't for one minute think, oh, my gosh, this is never going to work. Rebuke that spirit. Tell it to shut up and get out of my way in Jesus' name. I will not tolerate your lying spirits. And sometimes it's tough because your emotions are involved. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes you just need to, Lord, help. But he is an ever-present help in time of need. When you just cry out, Lord, help. And he's there for you, isn't he? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So what the Lord told me to say for, to, to you all is this corporate victory is going to come after personal victories. So focus on the personal victories that God has in your life. Well, the, the personal struggles, which will turn into victories. Because when, once those become victories and you have those testimonies, God will use you in a greater sphere. It's not to say he waits until every single thing is done before he's going to use you in a greater way. No, uh-uh. But there has to be some sort of strength, a foundation. You have to be able to see the hand of God in your life personally. You have to be able to see how good and how faithful he is because you saw the exact opposite before God is going to use you in another way, in a greater way, right? Th those ways are great, but I mean a broader sense, right? So, Father, we thank you for your word because it literally just produces life on the inside of us. I thank you, Lord, that these men and women are like Gideon in the way of that they're saying yes to you. Gideon could have said no. He could have said no, absolutely not. I'm just going to go ahead and stay here in, 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 and, and do this wheat. I'm going to thresh this wheat in this in this wine cellar. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just stay right here where, where I shouldn't be. I, I should be threshing this wheat where it's called to do so, right? Like literally, I should be doing this where it's supposed to be done, but instead I'm going to hide. I, I'm going to just hide. And I'm going to thresh the wheat, but in the, in the wine cellar because, see, when, you th when they threshed wheat, it was up on, the, it was up on the, like a mountain. It was visible. It was high. It was in a place where it was visible. Well, he didn't want to do that. And like I said, some of that is just pure wisdom. Some of that is just pure wisdom, and some of it was because he was afraid. But God used both of these reasons as to why he went, and he didn't go where you would think, where it's already created for you to thresh wheat. He didn't go where you would think he should go, and he went where you would think he shouldn't go, that that was the wisdom of God and the protection of God. So we're not going to just do what someone says to do or what you're used to doing just because it's familiar. We're going to make sure that we hear the voice of the Lord and we clearly follow his instruction because his instruction is what's going to set you free. So, Lord, again, I thank you for opening up ears. I thank you, Lord God, that by the spirit of the living God, we hear you, we understand, and we follow after. Even if we don't fully understand, we still follow. We follow you, Lord God. We thank you that what you're doing, Lord God, is good. 
You are good. Lord, I decree that these victories that are being fought and won on a personal level, Lord, that you will also use them in a mighty, mighty way, in a grand way, Lord, just on a wider scale, corporate victories. I thank you that the things that we learn, Lord, personally are the things that literally sustain us, give us that backbone to be able to stand when we are standing against all odds. And so I bless them right now. They're strong in the Lord. They're strong in you, Father, and in the power of your might. And they are being transformed. And this word is a life-giving word to those that have ears to hear. In the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's children said,